Welcome to Winning at Wealth, where we throw the Wall Street jargon in the garbage, promote a healthy money mindset, and equip you with the tools necessary for you to win at wealth. I'm your host, John Burdett, and I'm so excited you've decided to spend this time with me. Now let's get to it. The following program is sponsored by Fourth Avenue Financial, which is solely responsible for its content. John K. Burdett II is not providing investment, legal, or tax advice. Let's talk a little bit about a timely subject, and that's market volatility. We've had a ton of market volatility this year. And, you know, what are the things that we should be doing about that? Are there actions that we should be taking? How concerned should we be about it? Should we change course? Should we add more money? Should we stop contributing? We're going to address some of those things in this episode. I think the first thing to keep in mind is that market volatility is normal. It's part of being in the market. The market has had volatility since its beginning. The market in the last 20 years or so, the S&P 500, has averaged about 9% a year. That 9% did not come in a straight line. That 9% includes episodes like 2008 and the COVID downturn and many other downturns we've had along the way. So that 9% rate that everyone would like to get includes all of those downturns and the eventual recoveries. So I think it's very, very important to keep that in mind and not simply focus on the downturn that we're in the middle of right now. It's also valuable, I think, to realize, especially if you're a younger person, if you're saving for a retirement that's far off, you know, decades off, this does not change your lifestyle one bit. You know, you're going out, performing your job, getting a paycheck, saving for retirement, and it doesn't affect your daily living at all when the market is down. Yes, your 401k balance might be a little less than they were the quarter before, but it doesn't change your daily living. And the money that you have in those 401ks for that far-off retirement is not needed anytime soon. And there's never been a time when the market has fallen and has not reached new highs if given the right amount of time. And as a younger person, you have that time. Now, that may not be the case if you're close to retirement or in retirement, or especially if you're pulling out of your retirement funds to fund your retirement. But we'll talk about that a little later in the episode of how to deal with market volatility when you are at that stage of life. But for younger folks, it's just not a material thing that changes your lifestyle. It might change your mindset, but you have to fight hard to make sure that you don't change your mindset, that you don't feel negative about your investments when we have these type of years. A lot of times folks will say, well, if we know the market goes down one out of every five years, why don't we just get out in the years that it goes down? Well, because no one knows when that's going to happen until after it happens. I think a good story about this is Warren Buffett. I heard an interview with Warren Buffett, who I think most people would agree is a pretty good investor. His company is Berkshire Hathaway, and he has really run that company since the 1950s. He stated that there have been four times in his career that his own company stock has declined 50% or more. Now, if Warren Buffett did not see that coming in his own company, How are you and I going to see that in the whole market? 
It's just not going to happen. You might get lucky and get out at some point at the right time, but when do you get back in? When do the clouds clear and when are the signals out there that says, hey, let's get back in the market? And so you start a guessing game that's hard to win when you start trying to time the market. The best way to participate in the market is treat it like the investment it is, a long-term investment. And if you do that, you vastly increase the odds that you're going to be successful as a market investor. It's important, too, to think about what you own when you own stock and companies. You own something very real. It's not just a number on the statement that you see. You own shares, pieces of ownership in real tangible companies that are making goods and services that are serving people out there every single day. And it's really not unlike a piece of real estate. That's a real tangible asset as well. And I think for some reason, it's easier for folks to grasp the concept of real estate than the tangible value of stock and ownership in companies because you can drive by and you see that piece of real estate every day. So imagine you have a rental property that you paid $100,000 for, and that rental property collects $1,000 a month in rent. Now, you're happily collecting that rent every month, and someone knocks on your door tomorrow and says, you know what, I offer you $80,000 for this piece of property. Now, you know you paid $100,000 for it. You know it's generating $1,000 a month in rent. You don't have to sell that property to that person just because they offer $80,000 for it. And if you don't sell it, guess what happens next month? Another rent check comes in, another income payment. And over time, what tends to happen with the rent? The rent goes up. The $1,000 a month soon becomes $1,200 a month, later becomes $1,500 a month. And when it's generating $1,500 a month, what are the chances that that property might be worth more than the $100,000 you paid for it? Probably pretty good. A company works the same way. A company has an income stream, the profits that it produces from delivering the goods and services that it does. Over time, those earnings tend to rise if the company is well-managed. And just because the stock price is down doesn't mean you have to sell it because the company is still performing the function just like the piece of real estate was in that example. So in a sense, the only difference in the real estate and the stock is that the piece of real estate does not get appraised every day. You don't see the value fluctuating because people aren't knocking on the door every day offering you something for it. With stock, it gets appraised with every transaction that happens every single day, multiple times a day. So it appears to be volatile. But underneath that stock is a real company delivering real goods and services and providing income streams and profits to the investors over time. You have dividends that come from those investments often. Over time, those dividends may rise, just like the rent payments might rise in, in the real estate. Very similar, but we view those two things differently because of the nature of the valuation and tangible feeling of the real estate because you can see it setting there rather than a number on a page when your statement comes like you do your 401k, for instance. When you go out to the grocery store, and your favorite food item is on sale, what do you do? Do you avoid that item because it's on sale? 
or do you buy extra because it's on sale and you can get a better deal? You can get more of it for your dollar. Chances are you're buying more of it. Everyone loves a sale. But for some reason, when stocks go on sale, when you can buy more stock for your dollar, for some reason, psychologically, people tend to want to avoid that. I would say that it's about the same thing. When stocks are on sale, you should be doing the opposite of what seems right, what feels right, and you should be participating and buying more. If you're saving in your 401k and you have a long time horizon until retirement, use this downturn in the market as an opportunity to add to your 401k. If you were saving 5% in there, bump it up to 7 Do little incremental things and use this as an opportunity rather than looking at it as doom and gloom. Because long-term, it certainly is an opportunity. History bears that out very, very, very clearly over time. Now, if you are near retirement within a handful of years to retirement, if you're retired and drawing an income stream off of your retirement funds, you know, market volatility can be something to be concerned about. Certainly, we know the markets work long-term, but when you're drawing money out, you're no longer a long-term investor with all of your money. So it's important to remember that when you are dealing with that, allocate your money properly. You see, in a financial plan, you have competing needs. You have short-term needs and you have long-term needs. Your short-term needs are, you know, the income that you're going to need out of there in the next year or so. You know, that's the type of money that you know you're going to need it and it's going to be needed regardless of what happens in the market. Those are the types of funds that should not be in the market to begin with. They should be in other types of investments, short-term investments that protect the principal more than try to grow the money. But that doesn't mean as a retiree, you don't participate in the market. You have long-term needs even in retirement. You know, the average person now spends 25 plus years in retirement because of our longer life expectancies. How are you going to deal with rising costs over 25 years if you're not exposed to the growth of the market? So certainly the market is necessary even for a retiree, but that needs to be left to the long-term portion of the financial plan. And the short-term needs, like the income you get in the next couple of years, should be allocated more towards fixed investments that don't have the volatility of the stock market. And so... As you move from a younger person that is saving constantly for retirement that might be 20 years or more off, the stock market's the right investment tool for that because that's a long-term investment and the volatility will weigh itself out over time. But as you get close to retirement, as you start taking that money out, you know, some of that money needs to be short-term money to meet those short-term needs. And so it's important that you work with somebody a professional as you get to that point of your life. Thanks for listening to the Winning at Wealth podcast today. I'm John Burdett, your host, and I'd like to introduce you to the Winning at Wealth system. You can join the many others that have made the decision to take control of their financial life. You'll find resources and the support you need to write your own Winning at Wealth story. The Winning at Wealth system includes resources to answer questions on budgeting, debt management, savings, investments, insurance, real estate, and much more. You'll discover how money really works so you can have the proper perspective to make great financial decisions. 
The Winning at Wealth system also includes access to a private community and a monthly group Zoom with me. Take your Winning at Wealth step today for only $297 for the system and three-month access to the private community. Join at winningatwealth.com. Meanwhile, you can find me at Winning at Wealth Podcast on Instagram, and I'll be back to chat here next week. The preceding program is sponsored by Fourth Avenue Financial, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Member, FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through J.W. Cole Advisors. Fourth Avenue Financial, J.W. Cole Financial, and J.W. Cole Advisors are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by John K. Burdett II should not be construed as specific investment, legal, or tax advice. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. Investing may involve the risk of loss of principal. Any tax advice on this show is not intended to be used by any person for the purpose of avoiding U.S. federal or state tax penalties that may be imposed on such person, and each listener should seek advice from their tax advisor or legal counsel on topics that arise from the show. John K. Burdett II is not providing legal or tax advice. Nothing should be construed as a solicitation of an offer to buy securities.